This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Umar Adouri on Pulse 95. Welcome to the Halftime Show with Umar Adouri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. Champions crowned all over sport as the Cricket World Cup comes to an end. Wimbledon witnesses the longest ever final in the titanic clash between Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer. And Riyad Mahrez scored a dramatic late winner to set up a final between Algeria and Senegal in the African Nations Cup. All this and more coming up next on the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. On today's show, I have a cricket specialist, Umran Khan, who's the director of Aces Middle East, representing cricketers around the world. Some of his clients include Shahid Faridi, Moen Ali and Chris Gale. Umran, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, Umran, how did you keep up with all the sport yesterday? Oh, it was an amazing day of sport. Um, the people who live in the UK, they were blessed yesterday. Three big, big uh, events. And uh, it was a case of trying to have all three on three different screens yesterday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I had Wimbledon on. I had uh, I had the cricket on. Then the African Nations Cup was on. There was so much. I mean, the UK was spoiled yesterday for choice. Which, uh, which tennis players or cricket team were you following? Well... Obviously, England, <laughs> um, and then uh, Djokovic. Yeah, yeah. Did you think he'd win? I thought it'd be a tough game. Yeah. Um, but to be frank, uh, my my whole focus was on the cricket yesterday. Nice. And talking about the cricket, what was your best performance um, yesterday? Actually, let's go into the World Cup final first. Yesterday, when you watched the World Cup final. What was your standout performance yesterday? Well, first, uh, first and foremost, I think we, I have to go down and say that this was probably the greatest game of cricket in World Cup history. Which is amazing. Uh, we were we were amazed at the actual the performances yesterday, uh, considering that I thought uh, I frankly thought that the score that New Zealand had put on was too low. Yeah. But then that pitch. And I think it's been one of the things about the World Cup this year. The pitchers have, have played a major part in the results. What was the condition like, you think? Um, the ball was slowing up. I mean, I've never seen a World Cup where the, the, the change up in pace has been so important while you're bowling. Mm-hmm. The bowlers that could basically decrease and increase their pace, they were heads and shoulders above everybody else in this World Cup. And it's the first time I've really seen that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yesterday we, were, we, we, were, we witnessed the greatest game of cricket that I've ever seen amazing and uh, you know we were lucky to privileged to see that yeah and you were saying about the bowling it went up to 152 kilometers per hour yeah. right, yesterday yeah but then the same guy that bowled at that kind of speed could get it down to like 120 which is insane which is this This is why it's it, this This World Cup has really been a bowler's World Cup yeah yeah. Um, and batsmen have faced uh, you know a difficult time right, uh, right. during this World Cup and, and what was the pivotal moment you think yesterday the pivotal moment yesterday was that stand uh, when when uh, Butler came in. Yeah. And uh, England were, to be, to be honest, I thought England were on their knees there. Yeah, it was very, but, very close. But then what's happened is the two batsmen have come in and they have basically given England a platform to, to go on. Yeah. Um, but there were there were many points uh, points yesterday which were pivotal to the game. But obviously, that super over. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, yeah. Ben Stokes has come yeah. and he's basically 
stood up head and shoulders and, and got England into it. So it was, it was. I mean, look, there were so many moments in that game, but yeah. you know, you won't forget that game in a long time. And you speak about Ben Stokes, but he showed a lot of character yesterday. He's shown a lot of character over the last year, considering the things that have gone on off the field for him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, speaking to some of the boys in the England camp that I know quite well, they speak very highly of Ben Stokes and his character. Yeah. Um, and he's one of those guys that in the trenches, he's one guy that you'd want in there with you. He's a proper leader. Proper. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, where do we go from here when it comes to the, the winners and losers of this You this know tournament? what? First of all, I think we need to congratulate New Zealand because yeah. they, they, they showed that they were a good cricketing side. They didn't deserve to lose that, uh, and they didn't lose it. If you look at the result, England won the World Cup, but they drew the game, they drew the Super over. So, big, big hats off to New Zealand. Where do we go from here? Well, you know what? It's going to be, how can you, where can you go? The That's right. Greatest game ever. That's right. Where can you go? It's and just what, a good advert, what, advert for cricket. And what a way to end, Yeah. You know? yeah. especially after... What a know, finale to a brilliant tournament. A brilliant tournament. Yeah. Coming up next, the highs and lows, the best performers and the match of the tournament only on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. For all those cricket lovers, we have a cricket special for you today. I hope you're tuned in. If you do miss our show, which you shouldn't, then you can tune in on the Apple Podcast or SoundCloud on the Halftime Show or on Pulse95Radio.com or on Instagram Live. So you got no excuses, cricket lovers. And today I have a special guest, Umran. We spoke about the World Cup. Now, what's been your highs and lows of the tournament so far? Uh, I think, well, obviously the high has got to be the final. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable final. The lows are obviously the, the weather. Um, England in the summer is not renowned for the, for its sunny conditions. It's uh, funny how that, that one period where you normally have events happening, the weather's good just for that part. Yeah, for, for the final. <laughs> exactly. The, the weather was beautiful. Wimbledon, yeah. sun, you know, Lord's sun. But there's been a few games which have been rained off, yeah. uh, which, which affected especially Pakistan's uh, uh, moving on in the tournament and, and tell me about that and we know when you say it affected that psychologically how does that affect the players well it affects them because it's, it's, it's points dropped mm-hmm. um, you know who's to know what they could have done on the day yeah so yeah it's points dropped so psychologically it's a negative effect so we talk about the lows you know obviously being the, the weather conditions and you know and uh, the delay let's say in play but what's been the highs the highs have been some of the performances. Uh, there was, you know, there's been a couple of standout, for example, catches yeah. in this tournament. The, the one that Ben Stokes took, the one-handed catch, which was phenomenal. Which was, uh, it shouldn't have. There's no one that should have been able to take that catch. Yeah, yeah. it was impossible to catch that, and yeah. he caught it. Um, I'll always remember the catch that was taken on the boundary by uh, from the New Zealand uh, batsman who caught a Braithwaite the West Indies right, he right. tried to hit the six off the last ball yes, yeah. and he got caught on the boundary amazing that turned the game if and you that know catch what, would have been taken New Zealand wouldn't have been in the final when you talk about catches with that is that muscle memory is that repetition what, what is that's that exactly instinct really that's just you either instinct. have it or you don't I, you, basically amazing yeah. amazing and, and, yeah. and with these players they've played for years so when you look at that how do you put together a skill set to be able to trust a player to go out there regardless of the conditions regardless of the opponents ahead of you you know how does a player approach the game like that I mean now more and more players are uh, uh, training uh, on um, 
fast uh, fast movements yeah uh, training with uh, uh, fast feet I yeah. mean this, the training has changed over the years yeah now you see players uh, doing uh, quick uh, accurate throwing for example right. that, that wasn't the case back in the day right uh, before they just go for running yeah now the whole the, the whole procedure's changed with uh, training. And has that and been due to, let's say, stuff like sports science and technology jumping science, in? Yeah, but the game's moved on. Right. The game's become quicker. Right. Now a, a, a plus 300 score is the norm. Right, right. Before, when you you score 300, it was like a big total. Yeah. Now yeah. 300's the norm. Oh, amazing. And so we spoke about the match of the tournament. We said that obviously the final was yeah. incredible. But you said you had some interesting stats in terms of, you know, uh, collaborating how how this tournament went. What's, what stood out for you in that sense? Well, there's been some big names that have bowed out in this tournament. Um, I, I think we've seen uh, the last of, for example, Dhoni, mm-hmm. Manila Singh Dhoni. I mean, he was a yeah. great a legend of a player. Uh, so I think this will be his last World Cup. Another big player that's already bowed out is uh, Shoaib Malik. Right, right. Shoaib Malik's another big player who's bowed out. So there's been a lot of players that w- we probably won't see again in a World Cup tournament. And I'm talking about high quality players. Chris Gale, he will not be playing in another World Cup tournament. Which is a shame. Yeah, so there's, there, you know, it's, for me, it's been... Uh, it's been sad to say to see that uh, so many good players will not be playing again. Yeah. But then some good new players have come through. Mm-hmm. You know, and that jo- opens the door for yeah. the new, the new generation. Archer, yeah. Amazing bowler. Mm-hmm. Shaheen Afridi, amazing bowler. Yeah. So the, 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 the production line is alive and kicking. Amazing, amazing. And actually, it's funny, there's one scene I saw in the celebrations yesterday with Maureen Ali when they were just about to spray the yeah. team and he just ran out of the shot that was pace at the end of a, <laughs> yeah. a long cup final I've, se- I've seen quite a few memes on that and I spoke to Moin and Adil last night Yeah, and they told me that what usually happens is they get they get uh, like a message from someone that they're going to start the champagne Right. they didn't get that message Really. so Adil saw it uh-huh. and looked at Moin and gave him a nudge and they both ran off because they didn't want to get sprayed yeah and, that was trending know, all over Twitter yeah, this yeah. Morning. and obviously they're, they're, they're practicing Muslims and they didn't want to get the alcohol on them so they, they did a quick quick exit no that's brilliant brilliant and honestly like i said it was uh it was good to it was good to watch it was good to see you know the camaraderie in the camp you know yeah. sometimes that's not always said especially that it's their first is it the first cricket world cup, world cup fight yeah. you know first cricket yeah. world cup to win um that was brilliant we're coming up next on the halftime show we're looking forward to the ashes we're talking about the players to watch and what the ashes means stay tuned for more on the halftime show on pulse 95 this is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. If you're just joining us, we've got a cricket special today with Umran Khan speaking all cricket. Now, Umran, after that hectic World Cup final yesterday, what's up next? The one and only Ashes. Whoa, so plenty of people are looking forward to the Ashes. So what can we expect from the Ashes? You can expect two very, very good teams going head-to-head mm-hmm. in what's probably the best bilateral series in the world. Amazing, amazing. And from that, just let us know, give us an insight on what the Ashes means. The Ashes means everything. Um, for the England cricket fans, it's the the, the battle with the arch enemy. Mm-hmm. For the Australian cricket fans, it's the battle with the arch enemy. So it's basically the battle of cricket. Right. I know India Pakistan's another one. Yeah. But which is quite a fierce rivalry as very well. Very fierce. Very very fierce. You know. But this is on par with that, and uh, it's it, it it's serious business. 
And well, that, I mean, that's, that's already got a lot behind it. But how long does it normally take in terms of the ashes? The ashes goes on for a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, test matches, ODIs, T20s. Mm-hmm. So it's a full series. Right. Um, and this this one's going to be played in England. Amazing. So the home crowd's going to be behind England. Yeah. And the importance of the Ashes can be stated in 2005 when England won the Ashes yeah. at home. There was a parade through central London where above a half a million people turned up to welcome the team on the streets wow. of London. That shows you how important the Ashes is. If And I, and I said this to Moin Ali uh, at the beginning of the summer. I said to him, this is a, this is a, is a career-defining summer. If you win the World Cup and you win the Ashes, you go down in folklore. And especially now with the World Cup. World Cup's in the bag. So everyone's buzzing. World Cup's in the bag. Yep, World Cup's in the bag. The Ashes is there now. Let's hope the boys can uh, step up to the plate, take the Ashes. They're legends. It's going to be a big tournament. Talking about the boys, have you got any players to watch for the Ashes? Stokes, Ben Mm -hmm. Stokes. Yeah. Um, I I think Steve Smith's going to be on a recovery mission. Right. Um, They're the two main players, I'm I'm thinking. Um, I think Ben Stokes is one because, like I said to you before, he's one of those who's a a battler, who's a fighter. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, Smith has got a lot to prove people uh, after his misdemeanor. So I think that he's going to uh, pull out all the stops. And how have have people taken Smith, you know, as you said about the misdemeanor and there's been a lot of talk in the media about that. How how has he been taken? I think he's been treated lightly by the fans. I mean, I I know if I was an opposition fan, I would be giving him a lot of stick. Right. But he hasn't been getting that uh, from what I've seen Mm -hmm. uh, from the uh, English crowds. Yeah. So I think um, he's got off lightly. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting because the media sometimes have specific players that they're more lenient with. Yeah. And I feel this has probably been the case with I him. I think so. Because, you know, he, he's been a, a very gracious captain in the past. He's made a mistake. He's yeah. paid for his mistakes. So I think the media have basically laid off him. But if he was one of those captains who's a bit in your face, yeah. I think the media would have crucified him. And that comes down to his character, you feel? I think his character. But yeah. how many, normally with the media, how many mistakes do they allow? That is the question. We know yeah. how hard they can be. Even with the most of darling of characters when it comes to sports. Yeah. You think he's got another lifeline in him? Yeah, well, you know what? I think those tears in front of the cameras when he got caught helped yeah. a big deal because, he, you know, he cried uh, and, and, and he seemed to show his emotion. Yeah. And I think that's uh, helped him. Do you think that that's something that's lacking in, in the game in terms of emotion in cricket? You know what? Emotion can be seen as a weakness. Yeah. Um, as a professional sportsman, right. uh, showing your emotion to your uh, opponent right. isn't the done thing. Right. Um, so... It can be a weakness, it can be an advantage. I suppose in this case, it's an advantage for him because obviously the media have laid off him and I think it's because of the fact that he cried. Well, that's really interesting. Anyone who's listening into the Halftime Show, let us know how how big is emotion when it comes to the sport of cricket. Text us on 4215 or if you're on Instagram Live, send us your messages in and let us know what you think. Does emotion play a big part in cricket? Is it something that is seen or perceived as a sign of weakness or is it something that shows how much someone cares Um, let us know text us on 4215 or message us on Instagram live more on the halftime show coming up next before we do wrap up into the break shout out to RR who's not feeling well at the moment now who's a big part of family here at Pulse95 we love you and we hope you get well very very soon much love more to come on Pulse95 this is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Aduri on Pulse Welcome back to the Halftime Show. A lot to cover in the world of sport. Now, 
Wimbledon. Wimbledon, Wimbledon, Wimbledon. Umran, you watched that yesterday? Yeah, some of it. Okay, before we go into the, the match that everyone was talking about yesterday, we can't forget Simona Halep overpowered Serena Williams in what seemed a strange women's final. Halep was definitely the best player on the day, but questions were raised over Serena Williams after her 26 unforced errors and the manner in which she lost. Halep was faultless, and with the lowest unforced errors in the history of women's in the women's final, she displayed a remarkable display at SW19. Three unforced errors, which means Halep was definitely on the ball. But Serena Williams just did not seem right for me on the day. Did you see the women's final? No, I didn't see the women's final, but I read about it in the papers and it seemed that, yeah, like you said, her focus wasn't there. Yeah. Um, she's been there, seen it, done it. I'm just... I'll ask the question, is she, is she, does she want it as much now? Well, that's the thing. As soon as she, she actually slipped out of the top 10 rankings, and I mean, a lot of people say, what are rankings and what are seedings? But Serena Williams is a powerhouse. Yeah, no you know, doubt. I definitely, definitely wanted to see her, you know, pick up the title. But the Romanian Halep was just incredible. And shout out to Romania. I know a lot of people were following her. But one of the things I definitely, definitely cannot ignore this weekend, the numbers. 7-6-1-6-7-6-4-6 and 13-12 is what Wimbledon Centre Court witnessed yesterday. At 4 hours and 57 minutes, it was the longest Wimbledon final ever played and settled by a final set tie-break for the first time yeah. in Wimbledon finals history. Djokovic is the first man in 71 years to win the title from match points down. He is now level beyond Borg as a five-time Wimbledon winner. Umran, were you following Federer or were you following Djokovic yesterday? Djokovic. Really? I mean, the guy is a supreme athlete. Uh, Federer is a master of, the, of, of his craft as well. But um, that game, again, was an unbelievable. And I, and I suppose that rule had been put in place. Otherwise, that tiebreak would still be going on. Yeah, I mean, I had a question in from Solodon who asked, why did the tennis have a tiebreak at 12-12? Probably because someone needed to go home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's probably why. Mind you, the endurance and the stamina and the focus shown by both players. I mean, Federer is 37. Yeah, unbelievable. And he looked as fresh as they come. He was so sharp. Djokovic is incredible. And there's, there's a reason why he's seed number one. But Federer was unreal. And at some point... He must be thinking this morning, after being that sore, how he let that slip yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that must come into his mind. But, you know, getting beaten by Djokovic. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy is, he's a he's an athlete par excellence. There's no one that touches him. In, uh, and there's only three players in the men's division that are on that level. And Djokovic is one, Federer and Nadal. And yeah. those three, I mean, you know, they're, they're box office. They are box, office. box and, office. And and that's exactly what it was. We saw all these celebrities in the crowd watching uh, Wimbledon tennis. And, he, and the final lived up to every second of whoever was there watching. It was one of the greatest finals. Again, we were blessed yesterday with sport. If you missed out on the show, it's on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. You missed a great show today with Umran Khan, a specialist in cricket. And also, the world of tennis came to an end yesterday as we mentioned Wimbledon but there was also something else going on yesterday and it was the African Nations Cup semi-finals wow I mean where, where do we where do we start with that everyone's everyone's going to talk about the second one but let's let's talk about the first one first to, uh, Tunis against Senegal 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 with 
the outstanding players of Mane and Koulibaly and Ndai and all these players have definitely been um, worth the ticket when it's come to the African Nations Cup. It's been a mixed uh, mixed African Nations Cup, but I definitely think they've earned their way to the final. Most definitely. I felt a little bit sorry for Tunisia, to be honest, because I know for a fact for them to reach that far and not get to the final is in Egypt as well would have been a great showcase for them. But on the other side, the mouth-watering clash between Algeria and Nigeria had everyone on the edge of their seats. And one marvellous Mahrez has his moment for Algeria to set up the final against Senegal with a free kick in the last second of the 90 minutes. And, and what a free kick it was. And what a free kick it was. He, he's been a lot... Uh, he's been tamed quite a bit by his manager who's done a fantastic job by the way probably the manager of the tournament even if they don't win the final but what I liked about that is he's really kept control of that dressing room and the players there really follow a unity that I haven't seen in a national team in Africa for a very long time there's always that one star and he has been that star throughout the tournament but for me it just had his name all over it as soon as that free kick was given yeah, on the edge of the box. I think he's sending out a message to Pep Guardiola as well. You think so? I think so. I think he's sending out a message that he's good enough to play in the Premier League week in, week out. And he's playing in a big tournament now and he's doing the business. Yeah, I think so. Do you think he'd, he'd, he'd want to leave Manchester City? I don't think he... I think he wants to get his place in the team. Right. And with players like Sane, yes. Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, the names are endless. And we have definitely seen a great, a great semi-final. Now, coming up to the final, it's going to be Senegal against Algeria. Who do you have to win? Text us on 4215 or let us know who do you have as the winner of the tournament. We're coming up to full time on the halftime show. But before we do so, a special shout out to RR from the Pulse95 family. Hope you get well soon, brother. We love you and we hope you get well very, very soon. Umran and Jibrail, thank you for coming on the show. You've been great guests. It's been a pleasure. And hopefully we will see you very, very soon. For everyone else, have an amazing day. Over to you on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm.